This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Stephen Chong, highly sought-after professional development coach, keynote speaker, and author. Today, he returns to talk about his book, The Afterlife, A Journey to Now You Will Know What Will Happen. This book helps one experience the many levels of heaven before getting there. Stephen, welcome back. It's nice to see you again, and thanks for joining me. Oh, Jeff, thank you for having me back on the program. It has been 12 months of, of very quick water under the bridge. Time passes quickly, but it's thank you for having me again. I've gotten a lot of new subscribers since the last time you've been here, and this book covers your NDE. So for those new people and for a review of the other people, can we briefly go through your NDE again? Sure, sure. Well, as you do when you get you, know, you get to about 65, 66, you, you, you get up on ladders and clean out gutters. And I was about five metres cleaning out these gutters around the house and, and fell <laughs> and fractured my neck. So just outside here where I am, I'm on the ground. I can't feel anything. I'm thinking, I'm done, dear. I'm, I'm out. Um, but fortunately, my wife was here and she came to my rescue. Um, but I must say, Jeff, that the the experience or what happened at that time I, I, or the NDE didn't occur at that time. It was an evolution of, through a period of rehabilitation. Now I'm okay. I'm not as good. But there was a, a through the period of rehabilitation, which was about three months after the event, I was good for nothing on, on a couch, but I had this, uh, what's it called, the voices in my head saying, and they gave me the title of the book. And I, I must say that I'd resist, totally resist. I said, I'm done. I'm old, I'm, you know, tired. And, but, you know, it just kept hounding me. And I bought into the process, said, okay, you want me to, the spirit, you want me to write this book. Okay, I'm in. I'll, I'll do it. But you have to show me. Oh, the afterlife. What do I know? I know nothing. I'm just a regular dude. So I bought into this process. And when I've sat to write this book, I had no, there was no storyboard, no character. I had nothing. And I sat and it was like a total revelation. I saw things I heard the words I could the colors and the and heard the music and honestly it was like taking dictation uh, uh, and I you know every time I sat the words were like there and the only thing I had to do was trust I knew that oh this was a given now from whatever source I was open to the, that source and the words and the, and the descriptions and what I saw I did my best to describe that's the way it worked. 
It so, was a marvelous, extraordinary experience. At any point, either right after the fall or afterwards, did you lose consciousness and have an out-of-body experience? I, I lost consciousness, absolutely. I, 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 but I can't say that it was an out-of-body experience. I can't describe it as that because I was kind of, I mean, I morphine up and I, I remember very little after the event apart from lying in a hospital bed <laughs> not very good shape now who do you think these voices were that's a very good question i cannot say that it was somebody that was living what i what i can say is the words that come through were somewhat Gothic arcane, uh, and I don't, you know, I don't write nor speak like that. So the, I'm writing these words that I'm hearing. I'm seeing through this character's eyes, and this this main character, whose name was Athar, in life he was as a child he was abused by the under the auspices of the clergy, and later in life he took his own life. So. I, I'm seeing his journey through his eyes. That's how, you know, he's like walking around, taking me to these different levels of heaven. And I'm seeing through his eyes and writing what I saw and, and the narrative that was he was telling me. When you are journeying to heaven through him, would it be like you would go into a trance or something? I, 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 I Yes, it's it, it's an interesting. It was like perhaps I don't like the term mediumship. I say I'm just a regular fellow, but you know. I, what I can say without doubt, it was tuning in. So it was like the, the tuning a radio dial to a frequency. I'd sit uh, and I'd have to have quiet, no noise, no interruption, nothing beeping and buzzing at me. And then, but. but even like in the morning, I would prep the spirit to say, okay, because you do things during the day, you're busy, stuff to do. And I'd say, at one o'clock, we're on. And I would sit at one in this quiet and be there. It was like he was speaking to, directly to me in my head and I'm just writing what he's telling me. That's how it worked. And, and the write, from a, a writing process in a practical sense, it took about four weeks <laughs> from, with a book. You know, because every time I sat, it was just there. This this divine character was guiding how my fingers were pressing on the keyboard. That's mm -hmm. the way it worked. When you first started hearing the voice, did you have any thoughts like, am I going crazy? No. No, far from it, Chief. It's very interesting. The key to me was trust. I I I. I Every time I sat, I, I knew he would be there. I had no doubt that he was leading me, leading me on, if I can use that term. <laughs> um, and it, it was just there. So it was a complete and utter trust. Do you think it's possible that you had some type of NDE when you were unconscious from the fall and you just don't remember it? It's quite possible. But I must say, I, mean, I, I thought deeply about this, Jeff, and, and, and spoken to you about these things previously. What my understanding, the critical understanding from an NDE are, are two things. One, that the NDE redirects you 
uh, away from perhaps a different path. So I, I'd shut down with my writing process. I'm done. I'm not doing anymore. I'm old. I want to plant tomatoes. <laughs> and Spirit says, Stephen, you have got more to do. Then this is choice. I could I could have said no, thank you very much, bye bye, or as I did, I said okay, I'm in. We'll we will do this thing. So it's a redirection of purpose. That's one. The second principle thing that I understand of an NDE is that it Im- imbues you with let's use the term superpowers, talent, skills that you never knew you had that were perhaps latent uh, or perhaps newly given. But Spirit says, I'm leading you on this path. Here we go. Here are talents and skills that are going to enable you to fulfil that purpose. And that is absolutely what has happened. As I say, I never knew that I could download or, or uh, or be inspired by such spirit to write the words that I have. Never knew that. I, I, I never even considered it. However, here we stand. Well, tell us about the many levels of heaven that you experienced. My goodness. So let's, let's where do I start? Um, let's go back to the main character. Now, this main character, as I say, who was abused by the clergy, is stuck in this purgatory. Um, by virtue of the the shame and the guilt and the anger that he felt, he couldn't release himself from this purgatory, so he's stuck in there. And it's by virtue of a relationship that he has with the bishop of the sea under whose insouciance he was abused. They come together in this purgatory. In I saw them as mists, is the way I described them in the book. And they are able to forgive one another. And that forgiveness of of each other releases them into the heavenly realms. And that's where the journey starts. So, uh, and and let me give you a description. Again, this is all what I I saw. So when when souls uh, exit from these mists, this purgatory, what I saw was these mists and there was a portal and out of these mists were coming these beautiful souls. Now, and they're all dressed in some in robes, head-to-toe robes of various colours, colours that you could not even imagine and I had difficulty describing. I did the best I could. But the colours of, it's like the aura, that if you can, you know, we've got this aura, it's around of different colours. That's what I saw when these souls exited these mists. Now, some souls were beautifully robed in in white, gold, shining colours. Others were dressed in dark, hessian, black, uh, dark black, and that the colour of the robe designated the pathway that they were to follow. So, the, obviously, those that were brightly coloured went up to the higher realms. Those that were more darker in colour were sort of went downwards, if you can imagine that. Um, and you could, the soul could not resist. So if the soul was, what I saw was one soul dressed in like brown hessian, 
trying to make its way up into the higher heavenly realms. And they couldn't. They were debarred, if you will. And they, there was a pathway directly linked to the road they had to follow, if that makes sense. And you, that saw, but the, 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 this, this colour of the robes was not uh, eternal. That was it. You had a judgment made. The colour of the robes were indicative of a path you would follow, but you evolved. So by, by virtue of the evolution in heaven, these robes change colour, uh, become lighter, if that hmm. makes sense. That's what yeah. I saw. Yeah. It almost sounds like a religious experience in a way because people are wearing robes, you know? Ah, yeah. I, I guess you could. There, there was. There's so many others that I'll describe in a sec. Uh, I guess you call it a religious experience. Um, and let me give you one that comes straight to mind. Um, this character Athar was taken into this beautiful building, and if you can imagine Greco-Roman alabaster marble, not just a regular house. This is magnificent. So I walk in again. I'm see through this character's eyes. And we walk into this place, and I go, what is this? And I remember walking in there, and the love that I felt, experience when I'm sitting there writing this thing, I could feel the love. And even now, it gives me chills. So I walk into this building, and I go, what is this? And it's, I've called it the school for children. And there was this beautiful these beautiful angelic being in beings in there tending to these young fledglings young souls that have left the earth earth plane early were being tended by the heavenly angels like little fledgling babes or up a little bit older but what i learned from that is that every child who leaves the earth plane early is tainted with so much love and beauty by the heavenly father you cannot even imagine everyone none none are left yeah to yeah every child is so looked after even if the bond between the parent and the child is tenuous each child is brought to the prime of their spiritual life in this school and as I say, I can I can barely describe it to love that I felt when I walked into this place. It was extraordinary, I, and I did my best to describe it. It's somewhat common for experiencers to tell me that they see a place that looks mm. like Roman or Greek architecture. So it's mm. nice to see that you saw it too. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, there were many. Uh, there are other instances we talk about, but there were many like that. The the architecture was. That's what I saw was very Romano, Roman Greco type, um, magnificent structures. Um, but just to uh, um, go back on that school for children, um, you know, one could only imagine the, the grief and loss of a parent when they lose a child early. Um, um, but I, I explained to your to your listeners that have had that experience. I can only say that. Each child is so beautifully loved by the Heavenly Father. None left behind. None, uh, it, was an, it was an extraordinary experience just to walk into this place. 
to go back to the architecture, most of the people who see that will say that that's the area of the Akashic Records. Did you see that area? And if so, did it also look like that? Yes, I did, Jeff. I got taken into uh, uh, this, again, the similar type of building, the huge library. So we uh, walked into this library of records and what I saw, students in abundance with masters walking around tending to their needs and tomes, books in, so and architecture beyond the description. Um, but, yes, that's my understanding. This was the Hall of Records, the Hall of Akashic Records, where everything, every past, present and future can is revealed. Mm-hmm. So, Yes, and there was these. There was this master librarian that I saw, who took the character to a specific area of his learning. Yes, I, I did see that absolutely. Did you see anywhere where people were getting a life review? Yes, yes, that that, as to my understanding, occurs in the mists. So the those those mists or purgatory, if we want to call it that, is where the life review occurs. Hmm. So it's it's the mirror of reflection where uh, my understanding is everything, nothing is missed. Every part of one's life is reviewed, for better or for worse. <laughs> Interesting that you said it was in the area of purgatory. Well, yes, yes. The 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 underlying, as I understand it now. The underlying law of heaven is of what you sow, so shall you reap. And this is where you, in in that uh, those myths, that purgatory, uh, is where that occurs. So you you know your life, like your life flashing before your eyes. You confront who you are, not what you were. So the the law is. One of the laws is the emperor wears no clothes. So no matter one station in life, you could be king, prince or pauper, none of that matters. You, you are revealed uh, according to what you have done for your fellow man. What you have done to your fellow man is what declares your place in heaven. Hmm. That's the period of review, as I understand it. I feel like... We will always judge ourselves more harshly for our actions than the rest of us would. But <laughs> there's we probably <laughs> but there's probably always some there always are some exceptions. There's probably people there that have also done horrific things that would say, I did nothing wrong. There you go. So so that's a, a very interesting point. And I'm just reading as you're saying that the law number three, if I could quote. Mm-hmm. What you have caused to affect in your fellow man is what declares your place in heaven. Isn't what you have caused to affect in your fellow man declares your place in heaven. So you could perhaps judge yourself quite harshly, but that may not be the reality. Hmm. So there's still kind of what you because we're all one in spirit, is right. the law. So what you do to to another, you do to yourself. So there is either a judgment or perhaps the way you lived your life determines your frequency, and then the frequency gives you your place. I think that's perfectly accurate, yeah. But again, uh, if I can paraphrase another law, which I'll read to you, 
The judgment of heaven is neither vindictive or eternal, but probationary and remedial. Hmm. So it's a process of evolution. So it sounds like somebody's rendering judgment from what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, yes, but I, I'm, I'm pretty sure we're looking through our own eyes. Hmm. <laughs> but I, I've, I've, Jeff, I've got to tell you something really interesting mm-hmm. which we haven't discussed before um, in the writing of the book, and it's all revelation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as as a, I've written this book, and about, and as you do as an author, you read it a hundred times. Yeah, and I reckon about three or four months after the writing, it was like you know the voices in my head are saying, "Stephen, you've missed something. Read it again." Well, mm-hmm. <laughs> I've only read it a hundred times, narrated it, and so forth. So I read it again, and then I saw them. These, as I mentioned a couple, these laws of heaven and earth. And I go, wow. And I, I found 15. There might be more. But these are laws embedded in the text that mm. I found that go, oh, far out. If, you know, and they're laws now that you know, like you can live by, make life a far better place. Would you say they're like the Ten Commandments, but they're 15? Yeah, that's what I found, yes. Yeah. Again, you might read it and find more because you've got better eyes than I, but I found 15. Well, tell us about some of them. Let me see. Um, forgiveness is at the heart of your ultimate realisation. Law number eight, forgiveness is at the heart of your ultimate realisation. Law number one, fear not, you are never without the love of the Father. And if you think about some of those, never without the love of the father, and speaking of father, not in male terms, of course, um, they're so profound. Never without the love of the father. If ever there was separation between the, the divine and his children, then God's love would not exist. Wonderful tenets. So, um, so we're always loved and we're <laughs> always connected. Absolutely. You're a great, yes, you're a great, that's exactly exactly what it's saying. We're always, never without the love of the Father. Yeah. I mean, if if one knows that in times of trouble and strife, how magnificent is that one can connect to that divine inspiration that is always there? The problem is, is that within this realm, we live in the illusion that we are separated. There you go. And, and and these laws in some way break down that it's a myth. We are, we are not separate from the divine. Never have been, never will be. Uh, I mean, we can we can think that we are separate, but in reality, no, we are we are not. No. And that divine, that divine presence, uh, we can speak later about the guardian angels. I mean, that was kind of fun. I saw a lot of that too. But they are there for us all the time. We have to. We can call on them whenever. Well, let's talk about some of the other laws. Yeah. Uh, well, well, I tell you what. Would you um, would you like to? I, I can give you a description of some of the other things I saw. Sure. Which might be. Uh, let Let me give you one that comes to mind. Uh, back onto that Greco-Roman architecture, I saw this magnificent Colosseum, and this 
it's like the, the Roman Colosseum, if you can picture it. And in this Colosseum were all of the, it was filled with beautiful souls of colours beyond the imagining. And they're all chanting the, the om sound. So there's this beautiful halo of music going around. And in the, in the middle of the arena were these repose lounges, lounge chairs. And I go, when I start seeing them, I just go, what the? And in walked these seraphim, beautiful little angelic creatures, and they've got a, a soul with them. And the soul, each soul was kind of deformed or had great maladies, so it was like they're crippled, if you will, the best way I can describe. So these, these seraph lead each of the souls and place them on these lounge reposes. And, the, and these lounges kind of envelop them, this way I can describe. And then in walks this angelic being, glorious robe, gold, white colour. And he stands there with his, and, and takes, sort of creates this magnetic, from all the energy of the souls in this arena, he creates, a, I call it the magnetic coral, and he creates this ball of magnetic energy with spinning energy in his hands. And then the energy, like laser beam lights into these souls on these lounges. Far out. So I'm just describing this. And then, after, and then after he's done his thing, this angelic being just folds the energy back into himself and he exits. And then the souls that were on the lounges get up and they are completely reformed. They're like they've been completely cured. They're, they're whole again. And it's just incredible to, to see. But what I understand from that experience is that uh, Sins and that leads me to a law. And just let me find it. Sins imposed by others in heaven are not borne by the self. So, the if I did something bad to you, let's say if I I'll make it up, uh, if I gave you a bad drug and that caused you illness and uh, and sickness and, and melody, that illness you, you do not bear that weight into heaven. You are relieved of those burdens. Me, on the other hand, <laughs> I've caused that. I've done that to you. And that's my way. The consequences for that are, are, are mine. But for you, you are relieved of, of those burdens. And that's what the magnetic coral did. Would you say then that that is a healing area? or Yes. It makes sense that's to me. I mean... I've talked to so many experiencers that they would be somewhere on the other side and receive healing. Most of the time they say it's while they're in the light. There you go. Yes. Well, in fact, as I recall in the book, I called it the healing arena. That's because that's what I saw. I I couldn't even make this stuff up. In my wild imagination, wildest imagination, I couldn't make it up, but that's what I saw. If we go back to your example of you giving me something that caused me to have, you know, some 
medical problem. Mm. When you enter heaven, are you not relieved of that act? I have to bear the consequence of that act, absolutely. In what way? Ah, now let me give you, take you out of that example and give you exactly what I what I saw. Um, the remember the this main character Athar was abused under the auspices of the church, and a priest did that. Now, what I was taken to this priest who had performed those horrendous heinous acts was in this dark cavern, black, uh, and and Athar was walking down this tunnel and there's like snakes and sounds and screams and things there. And this this character, this priest, was stuck in this god it was horrendous place by virtue of what he has done in his earthly form to others. He was he was had secreted himself in this place. Horrible, horrible place. And it was only through the Athar's, the character's forgiveness, oops, sorry, that he was taken out. Athar was able to find the forgiveness in himself to this person to release him from this horrendous place that he had found himself. So if, if, if that doesn't turn one away from heinous acts, <laughs> I don't know what else will. Are you implying then that the only way to be redeemed from your heinous act is by the forgiveness of your victim? Yes. yes. Did I mention that? Yeah, forgiveness is at the heart of your ultimate realisation, is the law eight that I mentioned before. Hmm. But yes, that appears to me the key. So, you know, relationships that we have, we cause one another stress. Forgiveness of self and forgiveness of the other has got to be central to that. It, 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 in the book, it seemed to release the characters to higher levels. So they were able to forgive the, uh, the, the other person for what they had done, and that released both of them uh, or uh, each other to so that they could experience the higher realms. It was a key, absolutely. If you look back at all these experiences, what is the most impactful experience that you remember? My goodness, geez, that's a good question. And I've got to tell you, Jeff, it's to do with um, what's happened with myself and family in the past couple of weeks. Uh, about two weeks ago, we lost, I lost my beautiful mother. Uh, um, and she was such a an angelic, beautiful being. And I thought, quite frankly, that I'd be a bit messy, stuck in grief and things. But I've got to tell you that the experience subsequently, having learnt with uh, given the knowledge of what I've done through the book, The Afterlife, has now become experiential. So I've experienced, you know, through that that grief losing my mum, uh, uh, and you know, one still grieves, but I know exactly where she is. I know exactly where to find her in in the heart, and I know how to connect with her. You know, so um, 
it take it's completely take that experience now with the knowledge and the experience is completely take taken me to a to a different level of understanding. Has she tried to contact you since she's transitioned? And if not, are you expecting her to? Uh, I can't give away too much, Chip, but yes. The answer to that is yes. Uh, and my understanding now is that she is going to be giving me the next book. Hmm. Uh, 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 the, and I, don't, I know nothing yet. I, I, um, I'm waiting for the knock on the door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, I'm pretty sure, because I know how beautiful my mother was, and she's up there with the, in the higher levels with the angels. It'll be a description of the seventh heaven. I can tell you no more than that because I know no more than that. Mm-hmm. But the answer to that is yes. And uh, uh, yeah, she's there. To me, she's there all the time. There's no separation. It's just like I have to open up a little door in the heart here, and and there she is. Can you tell us more about the seventh heaven? I can only tell you what I what I know so far. Right at the end of the book, I got taken again through the eyes of this main character, Athar. He got taken with one of the uh, the most angelic beings that I could even begin to describe, and he, he got taken up through these levels. So it was like a uh, he, he was like holding on in tandem and he got taken up to these higher levels and was like moving through, got to a stage where um, they come to a, a, a magnificent outlook and they looked out upon these or this expanse of colour and light and music. But I can tell you no more than that because that's all I saw. I'm sure there's more. I know, I know. I know there's more, but that's what. That's as far as I was taken. He took and his the, the colours and the music and the light were a part of everything. But that's I, 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 I can't describe it any better than that because that's what I was shown. Maybe because of limitations of my own. I don't know, but I'm pretty sure the next book will be a revelation of such. Yes. Did you see anything that indicated that there is reincarnation, like people preparing to come back? That's a very good question. And the answer to that specifically is no. I did not see that. No. I'm a firm believer in reincarnation, but in what I was shown, no, I did not see. There was nothing indicative of, of reincarnation there were there was a there were descriptions uh, of how souls how like our guardian angels uh, are there for us and come back over the mists and are there for us so there was all that sort of description but that was not a description of the reincarnation of the of souls I, I'm not, I'm, I firmly believe in that but I cannot say in the book that I was shown that no I feel like what you have had is a shared death experience with a thar. Yes, I, I'm, I'm certain, Jeff, that that was exactly the case. So I'm seeing through his eyes, he's speaking to me in his language. Um, so I, it, some will call it mediumship, but I, I, you know, I really am not comfortable with that. Um, it's for others to make such determinations. Hmm. Um, but Are yes, you- I, I'm seeing that through, through this character's eyes. 
Are you still in contact with him? I haven't, no. I, it, it's a funny thing. I, I wait for inspiration, Jeff. Um, uh, and, as you know, through through the process of writing a book, I, I have these sort of um, places in my head that say, so, okay, now I'm, now I'm writing and channeling a book. Now I'm talking to lovely people on on, on a podcast. So um, I, I, I'm sure that there's more to come. I'm certain of it but I have to open that portal in my head <laughs> and let them in. He hasn't come to you in a dream and saying, Stephen, it's time to write another one. Well, I, 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 I've got to tell you, Jeff, that I'm, the way I'm pretty sure it's going to happen is my my beautiful mother is waiting up there for me to to open this portal. And we are doing a, because she only passed two weeks ago, we're doing a, a ceremony for her with lots and lots of people in about a week's time. So once that's out of the way, uh, I'm pretty sure that there's going to be some uh, celestial activity, shall we call it that? (laughs) But we will see. Do you fear death at all? Oh, that's a very good question. The answer to that, having learnt and understand now, the answer's no, no. This book and what I've seen and heard have been a complete revelation. The answer is no. Um, uh, it, it, ultimately, what, what I received, I'm sure, is designed to help make life a better place. But the transition to know where we go, consequential of what we have done in life, the answer is no. I don't fear it at all. In fact, it becomes... Uh, well, I would say blessing. Blessing's a word that's in my head, but the answer's no, no. But, you know, I'm 66 now, so it can't be too far away. <laughs> <laughs> Many of my viewers are people who have lost somebody to the other side and are grieving. What kind of advice do you have for them? Uh, again, that's a very good question. And I related back to that school of learning. It, Every soul is nurtured by the Heavenly Father. Nobody is left behind. And and to know what they did in that school of learning for the young fledglings that that have passed early was such such a beautiful experience. Just to be, like, it's hard to describe, but I was writing what I was seeing, but I was feeling it at the same time. So, yeah, no soul is left behind. None. There, um, there, There were... Areas I haven't described to you this time, but I saw there were uh, nether regions. I can describe those for you. That mm. were, my goodness, yeah, they were hellish, but no soul is left behind by the Father. None. So are you saying that every person that winds up in a hellish region will eventually get out? Yes. Yes. Let me give you a description of that because it's very vivid to memory. I got taken into these through this uh, desolate, burnt. Uh, it's like a bushfire had been through this area, and there was this huge portal. And like, and I've got this guide. It's an angelic being. Remember, I'm seeing through it. I'm talking as a Thar now. I'm seeing it through his eyes. We got taken, and in through this portal, what I saw were these huge vortices, vortices of power. 
So I've turned to my this guide, this uh, who is with me. So what? What is this? And these vortices in trapped power. They're not. They're, it's not sort of God's wrath upon people. Their vortices were trapped in there. If you can imagine the seven deadly sins, you know, uh, lust, gluttony, greed, uh, avarice, uh, vengeance. These trap the souls within. And what I saw were the souls trying to get out and there were these hands like pulling them down. They couldn't escape. But it is not God's wrath upon the soul. They are entrapped by choice by through these sins. And, and around the these huge vortices were these angelic beings. It was like uh, angels in waiting, if I could describe them. And when souls were able to repent, release themselves from these vortices, then they were taken away and nurtured through the other heavenly realms. That's what I saw. But in the seeing of, if one could not, you go, my goodness, you just don't want to be there. <laughs> um, mm. If that doesn't turn you from errant tasks, nothing will. From that's my, what I saw. From my experience with guests, Usually when someone either calls out to God or to Jesus, that gets them out of there. Yes, I think that's a perfect description, Jeff. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, the perfect description. So you've, you know, God, Jesus, whoever your, your master is, call upon them and that releases you from this state of purgatory, I guess you'd call it. Speaking of masters, did you see Jesus or Buddha or anybody else there? Uh, Jeff, I've got to tell you. Um, the answer to that is yes. Um, but let me let me describe that. Each time I saw a character, a, a new character, and there were many that come along, I would ask, who is this? And instantly I would get a name. And you know, I'd write that down. But there was a master there who I saw and described probably on two or three times uh, or two or three occasions. And I, I remember asking specifically, what's your name? Couldn't get it. Never got it. So in the book, I've just described this person as the master because I could do nothing else. I was, I was not given a name. He, this master took as I described before, they were taken, uh, the main character was taken up to this huge, high heavenly realm. It was his, his place that he was looking from, but I could never get his name. Do you think that's a master like Jesus or Buddha, or do you think yes. that was God or source? Uh, 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 it's a good question. I think, I don't know that it, it, you could call this a, a Jesus-like figure or a Buddha-like figure. Abs absolutely. He was a master of these higher realms, but I cannot give him a name because I'll, even though I asked and received all these other names, this one I was not given. I don't know why, but I don't know. Did you happen to see in some sort of way come into contact with God or source? It was all God to me. Jeff, it was all not, nothing, nothing separate from. This was all a heavenly experience. Yeah, you know, there was no. I, I did not see a grand 
Godhead figure sitting up there on a heavenly throne, Every, everything all was within the heavenly realm and under the, oh, I don't like the word auspices, but it's the best I can do. Everything was the Father. So are you saying that everything and all of us collectively are God? Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I'm saying. All right. You experienced heaven through a thar, but do you feel that a thar's memories have now become your own memories? It's a very good question. I'm one that I've not even pondered. Um, I absolutely, to answer the question, I absolutely believe now what I saw and experienced and, and were taken. I, I couldn't, I could not have imagined any of this as far beyond the realm of even my vivid imagination could not under any circumstance it was it was i look at it now as as an absolute gift uh but give not just from an objective point of view to be shown these things but to take it on board and to start to live it you know i'm mm-hmm. 66 now and god knows how long i've got left up to me now how i uh, uh, transform or, or make the best of the, the message that I receive. I, and in some ways, Jeff, it's I see myself just as a messenger boy, hmm. you know. Um, uh, you know, so I, I'm not exceptional in any way, but I have a, a task now to do to bring what I saw and heard and experienced to, to others. And here we stand. If I go back to those memories, if you feel like they're your memories as well now, have those memories faded at all? Uh, no, <laughs> no. In fact, the, to to the opposite, they be, they become more vivid. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they become real. So one imbues them. In truth, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm human. I'm very frail, and, and a naughty boy at times. Just ask my wife. But <laughs> um, <laughs> but the, now it's become. It's like it's part of you. You know, mm-hmm. there's no separation. Which is a wonderful thing, wonderful experience. Well, is this book out yet? Next week, Jeff, what date are we? We are the 19th. When mm-hmm. the, the e-book's out now. Uh, and on the 26th, whenever that is, probably today week, uh, it, the paperback is out, yes. It's all on Amazon and all the, you know, the major, major sites. So, yes, yeah, 26th is when it's officially released. You can pre-order and things now. Um, I'll get on my website and have a look and I can do what I do and order them for you or whatever. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, next week. Great. Are you going to make an audible version? Oh, no, there's a very good question. Uh, I don't know. Um, I'll I tell you what I'll do. Um, I'll, I'll make, I'll, I'll ask spirit and say, is, is this an audible version, versionable? Um, but it's, it's not something I've considered yet. No, but, but let's, See how it goes. Well, you have a pleasant voice. I think it would do well. I oh, thank you very much. Do you, do, you, do you think people are going to understand my Aussie accent? Yeah. <laughs> sure. Very good. <laughs> okay, I'll follow your lead then. At least Australians <laughs> will. <laughs> uh, well, hopefully they will. What is the population of Australia? Like 30 million? So uh, we, I think we've got 26 million or something. Well, you've got 20 million customers over there. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. Well, you mentioned your website. What is it? What is the name of it, actually? It's www.stephen with a 
ph stephen chong.com.au do you have a youtube channel uh yes i do yeah just just google stephen chong yeah you'll find me there it's stephen chong six i think it is um don't ask me my my, my te- technology skills are akin to being a dinosaur <laughs> well, you have this new book coming out. You've got the YouTube channel. Potentially, you've got another book. Do you have anything else in the works that you want us to know about? I, t- I tell you what I'll do, Jeff. Uh, uh, um, consequential of our talk this morning, I'll, I will explore the explore the um, the what do you call it? The the um, the audio book. How's mm. that? I'm not giving you. <laughs> I'm not giving you chores to do. I'm just seeing if no, you no, want no. to share with share anything else that's going on in your life. Well, I can't, um, with with mum's passing, the the last two or three months have been mm, difficult because mum was very palliative for two or three months. So we've had quite the journey as a family, um, and with her passing and her, the the ceremony we're having for her next week, a preoccupied mind a bit, but. Um, Stay tuned. I'll, be sh- I'll, I'll let you know if, if if inspiration hits me around the back of the head and, and says I'll be, <laughs> be doing something. I'll let you know. Um, but at this stage, I, I know there's another book coming because the, my, my dear mother has told me there is, so I'm aware of that. But how that's going to manifest itself, I'm not yet clear. So mm. sit tight with that one. If people want to ask you questions, should they do that from your website or your YouTube channel? Just go to the website, Jeff. They're happy to receive questions, or or, or yeah, on the website they can you know, do that you know, contact form thing, or they can contact me via email, uh, which is easy, and I'm happy to respond, more than happy. Before we finish up, can you leave us with one last positive message? I'll, I'll leave you. I'll leave you with one of the tenets. Okay, one of the laws. How's that? Mm-hmm. To know that you are sacred is not to see new things in you, but to see yourself as you really are. See yourself as sacred is not to see new things in you, but to see yourself as you really are. This is a divine message. It is. Stephen, thank you for sharing that message and joining me today. I wish you the best and massive success with your book. Jeff, you're a wonderful man and and blessings to you. Thank you and also to you. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.